Welcome to today's episode of the Back in Shape podcast. Today we're going to be talking all about relapses or flare-ups in your recovery process. We'll start to tease out some comparisons between maybe an ankle and our lower back and explain some realities of the healing process when it comes to lower back pain and the circumstances we find ourselves in, which will make things make more sense. You're going to have relapses on a date or on, on a moment-to-moment basis because we can't put you in a little test tube on the shelf until you're healing. We can do that for some injuries in certain cases and we'll draw that out in today's podcast, but understanding this process in your mind will help you much, much better going forward. Some of you will have one relapse along the way, some of you might have one or two, some of you might really struggle to get going. But if you can reflect on why that might be for your particular circumstances, it won't play with you up here so much. One of the big things with back pain is that it affects us mentally more than anything else uh, or equally compared to the physical uh, ailments that we get resulting from back pain and by understanding yourself your history how this has come about and also some of the the reality of some of the work that you need to do to fix this problem and and only you can do that you can't get treatment you can't get you know uh, other people to do the work for you only you can do that work understanding and coming to terms with that can really be quite empowering going forwards and you can find that even if you have a little setback along the way that understanding will mean that you deal with it so much better and you just take it in your stride And we'll draw out some other examples a little bit later as we go through. So if you do have any questions, please do post those in the comments. If you're watching this on the various platforms, YouTube, on the website, etc., we read and reply to all of those comments. And, you know, some of what I'm saying might ruffle some feathers. It might create some questions. So that is what that is there for. You can scroll down on this page and you'll have that comment section there. Ask us anything that's not clear or let us know how you've got on with your relapses too. So let's start off. I've got a couple of notes on the board up here. And let's start off with just what is actually happening when we have a back injury whether it's a herniated disc a bulging disc whether it's sciatica whether it's some minor strain to the back whatever it is there's an injury there and we take a complex series of joints like just over the shoulder here all of those little joints and now one of them has been injured and that that delicate balance that tension that should be equally through the entirety of the spine well that's been broken and there's this weak point and that weak point is going to move first there's gonna often be rigidity around that weak point and we must bear that in mind when we're moving forwards because it is an area that we need to protect. Now, relapses happen and they happen for two main regions as we're going through that healing process. The first is that we don't have the strength necessary to protect our back. Maybe we've been inadequate in our um, in the way in which we look after ourselves from a physical standpoint on a day-to-day basis, maybe for the last six months, maybe something's got in the way, maybe for our, our, our adult lifetime. Maybe we have not been someone who's taken care of ourselves in a proper way. And you need to be honest with that, with yourself and, and, and really be introspective in that manner. And maybe you did look after yourself when you were in your teenage years or your early 20s, but it's gone and, and you've let things slide a little bit and you're not in physical, in good physical condition, which means that if you have injuries, you don't have that adaptive reservoir to compensate for those tissues like there that are just a little bit vulnerable and you need that bit of protection. The other major part that is so often overlooked, and in fact, it, it, it's, it's almost always overlooked, is how you spend your day, the habits that you've got into, the way you use your body instinctively, the way you bend down to sit on a chair, the way you go down to pick something up, the way you move your body from moment to moment every single day. Those habits are significant risk factors because you might have gotten away with that 
you know, bending with a round, rounded back, let's say, when you didn't have a compromise in that section of the spine down there, maybe at L4-5 or L5-S1, but now you do, when you round the back, everything gets focused in to that injured section and you make it worse. So those habits that you got away with for so long, they now become limiting factors. And they're so limiting because you don't even think about how you bend. And now you need to start. So you must, it's non-negotiable, you must address some of those factors if you are to be successful in dealing with your lower back pain for the short, medium, or long term. Those are significant sources of relapse. Now, let's just move it across a little bit and let's think about a sprained ankle, a significant sprain, maybe even a little bit of a breakdown there. You have put specific strain through part of those ankle tissues, whatever they are, and you've created damage. And then you maybe been put in a boot. Well, that boot makes it unavoidable in terms of you have to take into account the fact that that area is broken or damaged in some way. The tissues need time. You might be in that cast for six weeks. It might be eight weeks. It might be a little bit more, a little bit less time. But you cannot use that leg and you might have crutches. You've got another leg, which we don't have when it comes to the spine. You can't, you know, put your spine on the shelf and use your other's backup spine to put all the load bearing. The point is the load bearing tissues now can be removed from the equation so they can go through the necessary healing process. And we'll get into that later. You also have a time frame. Your doctor, your surgeon, your specialist has said, hey, look, John, you're going to be in this cast for the next six weeks. After that, you're going to have to do some rehab. You'll maybe be in a soft cast for, some, for, for a period of time, and then you'll be able to start putting weight on. Here's the time frame. Why can they be so specific? Because they are taking you out of the equation. Although some people do try quite hard to put themselves back in the equation, but it doesn't matter what you do because you have that cast on to stop you making things worse. And then, very importantly, when the thing comes off, you then look down at your ankle, and you've got two of them, and you see, good God, the muscle wasting that's happened there while I've been out of action for the last six weeks is dramatic. I can see very clearly that there is a difference in the muscle tissue. And I know, you know I'm going to have to build that up, and it's going to take some time. And you can see how long it's taking to restore the muscle bulk between those two. Weeks, months, maybe even years to restore that strength. And, and restore the visual representation of each calf, for example, calf musculature. It takes you so long and you can see that because you've got something to compare against. We think about our lower back, we don't have that. So what have we got when we think about the ankle? First of all, we have a time frame, a specific time frame that is reinforced by the things that we can see with our eyes and are affected by every single day. The boot and when the boot comes off or the isolation comes off, we can see the physical muscle difference. But we also have the reinforcement of those things that even if we try to do it when we forget, we go to move funny, oh, I've got that stupid boot on again, can't do that. Then we think about our lower back. You don't have another lower back to compare yourself to, you don't have the musculature to compare to, to, to be blown away by the difference in muscular support or development on the one good back versus the bad back. You don't have any of that. You also don't have someone giving you a solid time frame. Why? Because we can't control whatever specialist you see, can't control what you're doing. You're not on a test tube. Your back isn't isolated. And we wouldn't want to even if we could because we don't have another back to fall back on. We can't, you, like with the example of the ankle, we can lean on the other ankle for a bit to take the weight off. With our lower back, we have those injured tissues that we are still every day putting pressure through, especially if we're talking about disc-related injuries. Every day you are upright, putting load through those injured tissues. You're moving around in small ways because we can't isolate L4-5 and stop it from moving for a period of time, short of maybe surgery. Um, and, and that obviously has a whole host of things. So I'm not suggesting that's a good idea, but I'm just drawing out the point. We cannot isolate our lower back. And therefore, 
we are going to be interrupting that healing process on a daily basis. And we don't get that visual, we can't see it. So that's why, as I mentioned earlier on, those two things, lack of strength, well, that's not always visually obvious, but it's, it's there. And then also those daily tasks we do, we haven't got someone else that's able to stop us doing all those bad, bad things that we often don't even think about. So that's why quite often you see someone has a relapse and you go, what did you do? I didn't do anything, I just did a normal, my normal day. I took it easy. What does took it easy mean specifically? Like what specific actions did you take? And the answer of nothing is not a good answer because if you did nothing and you actually mean you did nothing, that means you just maybe sat on the sofa all day, which is a problem in of itself for a number of reasons. So whenever you do have a reaction, you need to be really granular. What specifically did I do at that point? Was it a cumulative effect? I had a really busy day. Was it one specific exercise that maybe someone walked in or the cat ran past and oh, all of a sudden you moved off balance and you tweaked yourself? Was it that you just didn't do it right because you've just started and you're not very good at these things and you need to learn? But being really, really specific about these things is very, very important. Now, if we go back to have a look at this lower back and we look at what is actually happening, we can start to see about timeframes. Now, with the ankle example, where you don't have all that interruption that we have of the healing process um, that we do in the lower back, it's still going through these steps. It's just going to be going through those steps in a more uninterrupted manner. But first, we have the damage. You know, we've got two parts. We've got one ligament that all of a sudden has been broken apart and we've now got kind of loose tissue, which is not going to respond well as it should do to strain and tension, etc. So first thing, it's going to kind of scab up like we see on the surface of our skin. That is still vulnerable. It's weak. It's just been patched up a little bit. Then slowly over time, it's going to start to remodel. You're going to get collagen lay down. In the case of ligaments, you're going to get, get, get revascularization of that area to drive nutrients, etc. And then over time, the body's going to start to go, hey, are you putting resistance through this area properly? Or are you putting a lot of resistance? Do we need to lay down more tissue to make this stronger? Or is that enough? And that is where your strengthening comes in. And we'll get a little bit more to that a little bit later on. But the point is, at any point during that process, you don't have a strong structure. You have a repairing structure. And because we cannot eliminate you from the equation and what you might have to do on a daily basis, voluntarily, by accident or otherwise, you're still vulnerable to those relapses. And because you haven't made the strength improvements and you don't have that visible example of the calves like we saw before, you do a couple of calf raises for a few days or a couple of strengthening exercises for the calf, you, you see quite clearly the calf doesn't change in size. It stays the same because rebuilding of muscle tissue takes a significant amount of time, effort, energy, and consistency and the right nutrition as well. It's not hard, but it does require time and there's no way you can hijack that. Try turning around to your five-year-old and say, can you please grow faster? They're not gonna grow faster. They're gonna grow at the pace that the human body grows. And that is very, very clear. And sometimes we, we remove that, uh, that, that truth from our expectation of our recovery. There is something that needs to go through a healing and remodeling process and you can't speed it up. What the goal is, which we get onto this now, is the goal is to take you out of the equation and support that process as much as possible. So that means your resistance exercises. That means building muscular tissue because we can build muscle strength faster than we can build and remodel those ligamentous structures, those joint structures that have been injured. They are going through that healing process, but we can start to utilize what we do have of, of our musculature in a wiser way. We can learn how to move differently. We can learn how to move better. We can learn how to move in ways that does not stress and strain those specific tissues that are injured. L4-5, L5-S1 segments of our spine. We can use our hips more. We can learn to bend properly. We can learn to improve the range of motion and strength in our leg muscles so they can do more of the work and so our lower back doesn't have to. All of those things, we, are in the power, we, are, we have the power to do those. And 
if you're doing the right program, plug for back in shape and I'm plugging it because so many people get caught up doing silly stretching exercises till kingdom come and it doesn't get results. It doesn't make you any more resilient. It doesn't reinforce, protect or, or safeguard that healing process that's taking place. You must do strengthening work. And again, just because you've been doing strengthening work for a few days or a week or two doesn't mean you've made significant improvement to the point where you are protected. Often we have a woefully inadequate, especially if we've had lower back pain for a long period of time, we have woefully inadequate muscular development to protect that area of the back. So we need to make significant progress through our strengthening. We need to be doing it for long enough for the body to go, hey, that wasn't just a one-off session or a hard week. That's how, this per that's how you want me to build myself, rebuild for the long term. Your body from your strengthening exercises is going to ask a question of you, say, hey, you're doing these exercises for the last few days and you're working at a good intensity, it's a hard workout. Um, is this something that's gonna continue? Do we need to make these areas a little bit stronger? Do we need to make your leg muscles stronger, your back stronger, the, the, the support for these areas stronger? Do we need to increase the bone density because you've got resistance going through? Something to think about for those ladies that are maybe postmenopausal and even premenopausal thinking of bone density. But do we need to do that? Because that's a lot of effort for our body to take to rebuild those tissues. And they really it really wants to know that you're committed to doing this because it doesn't want to waste those resources that then have to be maintained. So after you've been doing it for a period of time, the body will then start to build tissue. It will then start to respond in a more serious manner. You don't get results from doing one session or a week of sessions. You get results from significantly starting to build the intensity. Although you do get some benefits, granted, we're not really going to be building much in the way of strength in those first couple of weeks. It requires time for the body to recognize that this is the new status quo, the new expectation, and then it will start building. And you must continue that process. So now it's a case of, okay, well, our muscles are building up and getting stronger. That means that those relapses, those activities on a daily basis that you're hopefully thinking about more. Remember, we have to change what we're doing on a daily basis to be more conscientious about how we move so we can decrease the likelihood of us doing or using our back as a fishing rod. We're bending properly, we're moving correctly, we've adjusted our workstation, we're not sitting for long periods, we've got a bad disc, let's say it's L5S1. We're not sitting for hours on end at the disc, we've adjusted uh, the desk, we've adjusted that, 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 that part of our lifestyle, maybe temporarily, and we can feed it back in once we're stronger, but we've made significant adjustments there. So we're, we're dealing with the day-to-day, -day and we're learning as we go along, we're saying, oh, actually, that extra thing now, I've thought, ah, that's not a good thing, so we'll change that. Maybe we, 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 we sit in the, in, the, in the evenings, we have a slightly different position that we adopt. Uh, when we're relaxing in front of the TV, for example, maybe we change some of our routines and before bed, we actually go and move around a little bit more to make sure the inflammation hasn't built up. We've made some lifestyle changes anyway. We've got plenty of extra guidance on that within the program and, and other areas of the podcast. So we won't go down that rabbit hole today. But you've started to make some strength and improvements. Now you are more resilient to the stresses and strains of daily life because those, not the exercises you're doing, although if you do exercises incorrectly, you need to refine that, not shy away. You need to learn how to do them correctly. The only way you get better at learning how to control your spine is by doing it. You don't get better by having a rest and doing nothing. You must lean into that issue thoughtfully, reflectively, in a very uh, sort of meticulous way. And why wouldn't you, if you've got back pain, it's limiting your life, why would you not take it seriously? Why would you do it in a half-assed way? Do it properly, because that's what gets results. And, and as you start to do that, you've built up support, so you're flaring up that healing process less and less and less. And also, when you do have those relapses, because you had to quickly run to, to get the child in the car seat, you had to quickly get the shopping back, because, I mean, who's delivering the shopping? You had to take the bins out, because they need to be collected. You did all those things. Even if you do have relapses from those, you've got a plan, the plan is working. 
And also, those relapses will be less lasting. They may be severe because inflammation building up, if we have a, a reasonable amount of inflammation building up in that area, it hits those nerves. It can be painful. It can really aggravate your symptoms, but you'll find you settle down from that drastically more quickly or significantly faster than you would have in the past when you didn't have that muscular support. You didn't have those movement knowledges. You weren't moving properly on a daily basis and you weren't thoughtful about how you were doing things every single day. You have more education, which means that those relapses last less and they're less severe. And then the question is, hey, I'm feeling better. I'm good. That's where people make the pivotal mistake. And that leads them to come back to practitioners in treatment appointments or online places like us time and time again saying, I did this and it didn't work for me. I did that and it didn't work for me. Did you work for you? Did you consistently do the work? Because the reason that we can all have back issues, nothing can stop us from having an injury. We could, we could, we could sprain our ankle if we talk, talk about the sprained ankle example. If you sprained your ankle playing rugby or football, there was a bad tackle, oh, the ankle's gone. And then you did it six weeks later, you wouldn't complain, or maybe not six weeks later, but a year later, you say, oh, I've got a recurrent ankle issue. ankle issue. No, you haven't. You just had two situations where you got caught out, you had an injury. It doesn't affect you mentally the same way our back injuries do. But the big problem with our backs is we stop doing our rehab when we think we're okay. If there's one thing you can take away from this to get you better for the long term is accept the relapses. Of course, they're going to be part and parcel of the process and you can definitely minimize those and they naturally minimize in their frequency and their severity as you get stronger and as you make real strengthening progress. But the real secret here is make it a lifestyle change. Every single one of us has 168 hours in a week. We have the same 168 hours. Once you get to a point where you are strong, you must continue to do an element of resistance load-based training for the long term. And that could be three sessions a week. It could be five sessions a week. And if your sessions are efficient and you're following a program or doing the right sort of exercises, that's 30, 35, maybe 45 minutes worth of working out every week or every session and you're doing three to five of those a week, that's fine. That's not too onerous. It's less than five hours out of 168. You can find the time. There is no excuses for that for the long term. The reason that we have that recurring back pain is because we haven't made time to do those sorts of exercises. Yeah, there's cardio. There's, yep, you might do your cycling. You might be cycling for two, three hours a day or two, three hours a couple of times a week. You might be doing running. You might be doing swimming. You might be doing uh, certain classes. A lot of people gravitate to those sorts of classes, exercise classes, but they're not really resistance training. It's just, you know, the, 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 the boot camp style, the body attack style, the body pump style. They're not really the same sort of resistance-based training because in those sorts of scenarios, you cannot, unless you're really, really fit, and strong. You cannot use the significant load we're talking about to be able to challenge the body. You also, in so many of those classes, you're not doing a full, what we would call ass to grass squat. You're not attempting that. But in your resistance training each week, three, four, or five times a week for maintenance purposes, depending on how much you enjoy it, if you do work on good, ever-improving range of motion with steadily increasing resistance over time, it can fit into anyone's lifestyle, whether you've got kids, whether you don't have kids, whether you've got work, whether you don't have work, whether you're busy or whether you're not, whether you've got excuses or whether you don't. You can make time to continue your progress for the long term. And if there's one thing you want to take away, it is do this for the long term. Commit to resistance-based training for the long term. It doesn't have to be onerous. It doesn't have to take up all your time. Sure, if you really love it, then you can take it even further and do tons of cool stuff. If you like exercise, you like fitness, you like that kind of thing, and you've got the time and the resources to do that. Awesome. But just three times a week even at the bottom end is not a lot. And if you keep doing that, you're going to find your body is so much more resilient to injury. 
not only of the back, but of other areas. You'll be healthier, fitter, stronger in all manner of ways and have all of those benefits. I've been seeing a lot of stuff on social media of late, maybe the last six months, especially with everything that's going on or has been going on over the last few years about the benefits of exercise. Now, if you really look into specifically as well, resistance-based exercise, but also a little bit of cardio as well, if that was a pill, everyone would be on it. Everyone would be demanding it. Everyone would want to take it and everyone would get extremely disgruntled if they couldn't have it because of the plethora of research-based benefits that go alongside regular adherence to those sorts of exercises for the long term. There's no excuse about your age. You might be saying, I'm in my 60s, I'm in my 70s, I'm in my 20s. Everyone says the same thing. We get people that are in their 90s that are rocking it and doing stuff hard and they've got all sorts of stuff going on in their back and they are making progress at their pace. And we've got people that are in their 20s and 30s doing the same. Yes, the weights might be different, the progress might be different, but the commitment to steady incremental changes over the long term is what you need to do. And if you do that, you'll find you have a much better quality of life and because your body is strong, it keeps you doing that high quality of life or having that high quality of life well into your senior years. And why wouldn't you want to enjoy and have no limitations on what you're doing on a daily basis? Because there's nothing worse than seeing older family members not able to get out of a chair. Why? Often, and yes, sure, there will be other health issues, but look at their ability to do a squat. That stopped probably the moment they started going to school way back when. Most of you watching this episode now will have ample time to make some significant changes over the next 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years to commit to this little bit of exercise and make some real small incremental change. It's not sexy, it's not glamorous, but small commitment to incremental improvement over the months and years ahead will really put you in good stead. So that's it from me today. I do hope the episode has been helpful, has been insightful, has maybe been a bit provocative at times, but I had a feeling that people, you guys need to hear a bit of this message. So hopefully it has been good. If you've got any questions, you know what to do in the comment section. Remember, if you know someone else who's struggling with relapses, consider sharing this video with them. Maybe it'll give them a new insight, new vigor to, to, to take things on and actually know that they can do a lot about their general health and well-being in the context of this lower back or other injury injured area. And it's just about commitment to constantly pushing forwards steadily and in a controlled, reflective manner. As always, we'll see you in the next episode of the Back and Shape podcast. And thank you for watching.